as Brendan said, my name's David Pucci, and I'm an elder here at Antioch Waltham. My wife Shoshana and I have been a part of this movement for <clears throat> over 20 years now. It's a privilege to be able to share with you this morning. I just want to give a quick shout out to Priscilla. Thank you so much for that testimony, for being vulnerable and sharing. And, and what I loved uh, the most is that her testimony was filled with the Word of God. That when she talks about um, how are we anchored during turmoil, she turned to the Word in Scriptures. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We are going to look at um, what anchors us in the Lord and find our hope and our strength in scripture. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Psalm 84. Um, I believe we're also gonna have the scripture on the screen, um, but Psalm 84 is gonna be our text for this morning. Um, I'm actually gonna read the whole thing. It's not, it's not very long, but I encourage you to sit back, to, to listen, close your eyes if you want to, and just let the word of the Lord wash over you as I read, Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house they are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. <clears throat> so we see in this passage of scripture that we have someone who's on a journey. We have a pilgrimage, a traveler. And in the beginning of this Psalm, the traveler's reflecting on how lovely it would be to be in the house of the Lord. And as you listen to Priscilla, and as you think about your, your own experience these past six months, my guess is that we can all relate to um, that longing to be physically able to be in the house of the Lord. This uh, traveler identifies <clears throat> that even the, the birds, the sparrow and the swallow, are able to, in the outer courts of the temple, build their homes and be near the altar of God. And so there's this hunger, this thirsting, this longing for the nearness of God's temple. I know that, that I have felt that. I have felt that... Um, We've, we've done as, as well as we can with church Zoom, but there's just something about being in God's house. There's something about sitting in community with a group of people uh, and being able to worship together, being able to connect, being able to uh, share life with each other. And these past six months have 
been challenging in that way. Um, certainly, we haven't been able to be in our physical building. Uh, even as things open up, maybe we've been able to, to see people a little bit more, but it's still been challenging to feel that connectedness and that nearness to God. As we look at verses four and five, this, it, it lists out for us those that are considered to be blessed or fortunate. And the author references right back to those who dwell in the house of the Lord. Those are the ones that are blessed. Those are the ones whose strength is in God are the ones that are, have the ability to be in the house of the Lord. And so there's this yearning, this longing, and, and the reason for this pilgrimage. And then right about halfway through this psalm, um, we have a shift that takes place. The traveler describes on his journey that he goes through a valley. Uh, the name of this valley is the Valley of uh, Beka. It uh, translates roughly to the Valley of Weeping or the Valley of Tears. And so it's an interesting uh, segue from this yearning, this longing, this, the reason for this journey, and then finding this traveler in the Valley of Tears or the Valley of Weeping. And this is where we're going to camp this morning. We're going to spend some time looking at verses six and seven to decipher what the word of God tells us um, to do when we encounter these valleys of tears or valleys of weeping. The location of the valley is, is unknown. It's possible that this valley wasn't even a actual geographic location. Um, it's possible that this valley could uh, just be figurative. Um, but for our purposes this morning, we are going to compare this valley that we find in scripture to any difficult and painful place in life where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless. I'm going to read that again and you just listen and see if this hits home to anything you've been feeling over the past six months. Any difficult and painful place in life where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless. So if we go to verse six, we see that it starts with, as they pass through. And so it's important for us to identify who is the they in this verse. The they is referencing back to the previous verses where it describes who is blessed. Blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. Blessed are those whose strength is in you as they pass through. So this is referencing people who know God, people who experience the closeness of God, people who have found their strength in the Lord. This is talking about us. This is talking about believers who trust and worship God. And it's identifying to us that as believers who trust and worship God, we can expect to pass through valleys of weeping at times. So have you been able to insert yourself into this narrative? Have you been able to connect with some of the feelings over the past six months and say, yeah, that's, that does feel like that valley. That does feel like a valley of weeping or a valley of tears. 
do you find yourself longing to be in the presence of God, to worship in church again, yearning to be in that place of comfort and familiarity where you can experience the presence of God? This is what the, the author is describing for us, and this is what the, uh, the traveler is going through. We've experienced over the past six months an epidemic that turned into a pandemic. We've experienced stay-at-home orders and Zoom school, unemployment and layoffs, businesses closed, Zoom church, social distancing. We've experienced the awakening of a nation to the horrific treatment of African-Americans and people of color. We've heard cries for change, cries of enough, cries of uncertainty and cries of fear. All of that wrapped together in a big jumble of emotion and pain and turmoil and uncertainty. Yes, this is our valley of weeping, Antioch Waltham, and you've been in it for the past six months. But I am encouraged and excited to bring to you this morning a message that I believe will bring and speak hope to our hearts. These hopeful worshipers that we read about that pass through the valley, they don't allow what they see and experience to speak louder than the truth they know. It says that they make it a place of springs. Because their eyes are focused on God, they see the valley of weeping not as a place of despair, but as a place to experience the Lord's faithfulness even more deeply. I'm going to say that again, Antioch Waltham. They see the valley of weeping the past six months, not as a place of despair, but as a place to experience the Lord's faithfulness even more deeply. So we see in Scripture that they produce, they, they draw up these springs in the place of dryness, in the place of weeping. Now the text does not tell us how the water got into this valley. We know that it was a valley that um, was, was full of pain or weeping. It was not a desirable place, but we have no idea how the water actually got there. And so let me expand on what I think is at work here. So follow along with me, church. When, when it rains on a mountaintop, where does the water go? When the rains hit those mountaintops, the rain, that, it, that experience that you have with God of his nearness, those mountaintop experience that all of us as believers, we absolutely love those those places in life where we're discerning his voice, where we're feeling close to him, where we're feeling connected, where we're, we're receiving direction, those mountaintop experiences. When it rains on the mountaintop, where does the water go? I believe that the water flows down off of that mountaintop into the valleys. You see, God has concealed the rain from your last mountaintop experience in the soil you are standing on today. The darkest moment of your life 
can actually be your greatest moment of promotion. So how do we do this? How do we discover this hidden rain? I believe, church, that if you will simply turn the attitude of your heart from the dread of the moment to the impossibility that God would abandon you to a season of dryness. I'm going to say that again. If you will turn the attitude of your heart from the dread of the moment, the dread of the last six months, the dread of all those things I just listed, the, the dread of being tossed around on the seas of life. If you will turn from the dread of those moments and you will face the impossibility that your God would ever abandon you to a season of dryness. You see, we must look down at the crusty soil that we are standing on and we must realize, wait, wait a minute. God would not abandon me to dryness. He has put me in a place where I must press past what is obvious to find what he has hidden for me and not from me. We must press past what is obvious the turmoil that we see around us, the chaos that we see around us. Priscilla highlighted it so well as she was personally sharing all of the things she's been feeling. We press past what is obvious to us to find what is hidden for us, not what is hidden from us. For the God we love and serve does not hide refreshment from us. He always has it hidden for us. He has hidden refreshing for, for you and for me within reach. It is always, always within reach. Sometimes though, it's just one step past convenience, one step past what is obvious, one step past what is easy, <clears throat> but that refreshing is there. It is the change of the heart that says he would not abandon me to dryness, that he is the God of extravagance and the God of abundance. The Passion Translation, which I love to read, um, describes verse 6 this way. It says, Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find pleasant pools where others find only pain. That's you, Antioch Waltham. That's the congregation and the people that I know that you, even if you encounter the dark valley of tears, you dig deep to find pleasant pools where the world is finding only pain. This is that step past convenience. It's that digging deep. It's not just on the surface, but it requires us as we are maturing day-to-day -day as believers to press deeper into the, what we know of God and dig for that refreshment. Amen. Knowing, knowing that God would not abandon us, knowing that he's the God of extravagance and abundance, we find these pleasant pools. And so you say, well, David, that's all great, but I don't feel like I'm experiencing extravagance, and I certainly don't feel like I'm experiencing abundance. Perhaps your uh, definition 
of God's character is a little bit off there. Well, let's look to the word of God right here in Psalm 84, verse 11, lines it up so beautifully for us. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. That's the character and the nature of God. That is the extravagance and the abundance of our Father, that he bestows favor and honor, and he does not withhold refreshment. He does not withhold any good and perfect gift. So let's get back to our text, verses 6 and 7. Look what happens. After they make it a place of springs in verse 6, that water attracts more water. That faith attracts more faith. The end of verse 6 says that the autumn rains also cover it with pools. And so now we've gone from a valley to springs to pools. This place now is not a place of desolation. It's no longer a place of tears or weeping, but it is a beautiful place filled and covered with refreshing pools. And so my question to you, church, this morning is, are you ready for some autumn rains? Are you ready for the refreshing rains to come and cover our lives, to cover our nation with pools of refreshment? I know I am, and I say and declare to you this morning that those rains are coming because God does not abandon us to dryness. Verse 7 says that they go from strength to strength until they appear before their God in Zion. I am prophetically declaring over you, church, that your destiny as a believer is to go from strength to strength. That regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what you see or don't see, regardless of the valley, that God's purpose for you is to experience strength and strength for all of your days till you appear before your God in Zion. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like revival. That sounds like dead things coming back to life. That sounds like refreshing rains of the Holy Spirit, raising up a generation that declares that the valleys of life will not determine my level of faith. And my faith declares that you are a good, good father. So how do we do this? Is it just all a bunch of happy-go-lucky words? Is it just a pep talk for you to feel good for 10 minutes? No, I believe that in the word of God are the words of life. The words for us to live our life by. The words to anchor us in this season. So how do we experience these pools? How do we experience this strength that the author is talking about? How do we experience this revival? Well, I think we could fill a whole sermon series on that. But for today, I am going to boil it down to hope. We put our hope in the Lord. When others are hopeless, we speak hope. 
not as the world understands hope, but we choose hope over fear. We choose hope over comfort at times, and we choose hope over the things of this world. We don't look to the things of this world to provide us the answer. We don't look to the things of this world to provide us comfort, but we look to our God to be the author of our hope. Our confidence is in his goodness. So I'm going to encourage you right now, church, wherever you are, if you have the ability to stand up, I'm going to encourage you to stand. I'm going to encourage you to stand and receive the words of God that I am going to speak over you. You can stand, you can kneel, but whatever you do, you put yourself in a posture where you are actively saying to God, I am receiving the words of life you have for me. I am going to speak over us as a people. Words from Isaiah 40, 40 and 41. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. I will set pines in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together so that people may see and know that they may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. Do you not know, Antioch Waltham? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, even in Corona and COVID. He, uh, he and his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But here is the word of the Lord for you, Antioch Waltham. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That is the source of our strength. That is the source of our hope. And that is where we place our confidence in the goodness of God, the, extra the extravagance and the abundance of our Father, the confidence that says he would not abandon us to dryness, and that refreshing, refreshment is always within reach. He has hidden it for you and not from you. So church, let's dig deep as a people. Let's break up the crusty soil that we stand on and believe that refreshment is there for us. And then when we receive this refreshment, 
when we are able to nourish our souls and drink deeply from his goodness, let us not be a people who are like a lake that is stagnant and shut off, but let us be like a river that flows through our community, that flows through our nation, that is bringing refreshment to people who have parched tongues and are hungering and yearning for the connection with a good God. I'm going to pray over us and close us out. Join me in prayer. Lord, this morning I speak to isolation, I speak to loneliness, and I speak to dryness. I speak to fear and frustration and the stronghold of hopelessness. Lord, and I pray right now that bubbles of living water would start to spring forth in our hearts. I speak to the heavy weight of darkness and I command it to go in the name of Jesus and I release peace and hope over you right now. I pray that the strength of the Lord would settle on everyone listening. I declare that you are a God who is a God of extravagance and abundance and that you withhold no good gift from your children. Lord, we love you. We join in the voice of the psalmist and declare that better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. You are our sun and our shield. Oh, Lord, I pray today that you would bestow your favor and your honor upon us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.